Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. Roland, we're here for another episode of CareCast. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. You're wearing the same shirt as you did the last time we recorded one of these. <laughs> well, at least I'm wearing a shirt, unlike you. That's right. Hey, you know, that's the beauty of audio. Audio only. Yes, yes, yes. We should right. start doing that thing like that the cool people do, which is actually have somebody actually filming yeah. us doing the, the, the podcast so that you could actually like watch the the video. Then we'd well. have to wear makeup. We, yeah, it would, it would do be our complicated. Hair. I yeah. mean, just all that stuff. I know. I can look like a slob and do this and... And pe- come across totally professionally. <laughs> people people will have people no idea. people envision you in a suit, probably in a tux. That's right. That because, of, because of the way you carry yourself yes. on the mic. Yes, it's all, it's all, it's all an illusion. <laughs> uh, an right. audio illusion. Um, that sounds like a good name for a rock album or something. Audio illusions. Yes. Um, okay. So, Roland... Gosh, you know, there's just a lot of heavy stuff going on, and this was particularly heavy to read this and sort of shocking. It was an article, uh, an opinion piece from the Washington Times recently called America's Lost Generation of Girls. Mm -hmm. And what the article points out is that the the writer of the opinion piece, Cheryl Chumley, was having a conversation with her 19-year-old son who uh, candidly revealed to her that he knows at least 10 girls in his former high school class so this is somebody who's 19, so we're presumably talking about girls who are in their late teens probably, mm-hmm. maybe early 20s at the, at the very latest, who had started their own porn channels yeah. as a way of making money and that he knew at least the names of another 20 who were doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. So, the, so these were you know high school-aged girls or maybe just after high school, um, and that's what, 20 plus, uh, t- at least 30 people yeah. in this class who had... Thirty, you know, young women who had turned to yeah. pornography as a as a means of making money. When I read that, I was just like, "Wow!" Yeah, shocking. Wow. I mean, I know that there's a lot of that stuff going on out there. It's prevalent. I mean, it's an enormous problem. But just to think of the the num, just to put those numbers in perspective, and the age of yeah. of the girls, that that's where it just starts to become sort of mind boggling. Yeah, and these kinds of things also kind of you know, kind of trickle down mm-hmm. um, into, you know, the rest of the culture and certainly the rest of the community. Because, you know, if you're 19, you know, and you're doing this, well, you've got friends that are 18, 17, 16, 14, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so I wouldn't doubt also that there are, you know, more young girls that are actually in high school mm-hmm. and are doing the same kind of thing uh, from an economic from an economic perspective. And mm-hmm. it just really does really speak to, you know, kind of what's happened, you know, to our culture. And I really, the title of the article is Lost Generation of Girls. And I, I really think that that um, this is a reflection of just sort of how we've turned, you know, sex and human sexuality into a commodity mm-hmm. in many ways. And yep. um, it's sort of the marketing of that um, and the commercialization of that. Um, and, you know, even when we talk about the life issue, which is kind of our core issue, that, 
you know, the way that it's talked about. And basically, it's a morally neutral consumer product that women want to need, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what abortion is, right? Mm-hmm. That way. So in the same way, when, once you have a consumer mindset, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then things that should not be consumer mm-hmm. become consumer because mm-hmm. that's the orientation mm-hmm. of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly our, our, our children, you know, kind of are kind of canaries in the mind in a lot of ways that kind of reflect that reality. Mm-hmm. You know, ideas have consequences. Yeah. yeah and, and I think you can ser- certainly see the use of that language when it comes to the pornography mm-hmm. uh, world, however you want to call it. But I- I've noticed that recently there have been more, you know, I guess, uh, liberal folks uh, who have started to use the word sex work yeah, um, to sort of try to legitimize it. So it's always sort of been the belief, at least historically, that this was, uh, you know, pornography and prostitution and all this stuff was basically men abusing women in some yeah. way, shape, or form, exploiting women, abusing women, using women. Commoditizing. Commoditizing women yeah. for their own, you know, pleasure, gain, power, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I guess, I guess in some sort of attempt to sort of turn the tables and take ownership of this, women are now saying, well, no, this is, you know, I'm not being exploited. This, you know, this is sex work. Right. And this is my job. Yeah, know? it's it's just sort of a perversion of the whole concept yeah. of empowerment. Right, 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 right. right. You know, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because empowerment um, is neither a vice nor a virtue. Mm-hmm. It really depends on empowered to what end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I often tell I tell people that the the most empowered woman and the first empowered woman, but no woman has been more empowered than Eve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was the most empowered woman there ever was, mm-hmm. right? She, I mean, she she was had this connection with God. I mean, I mean, just all the power that God gave her in her humanity because she mm-hmm. was creating the image of God, and certainly this was before sin came into the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she had the absence of sin and the presence of righteousness, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. fully empowered, the mm-hmm. fullness of all of that. Mm-hmm. But that empowerment was not a virtue mm-hmm. when she sinned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? right, so it's so it, it's empowerment to what end? Right, right, right. That that's really the question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the the verb and right. empower, but it's mm-hmm. to what end? Right, right. Yeah. It's the empowered predicate to do what? Right, the predicate yeah. is what yeah. determines it. So yeah. you know, someone can might try to try to spin this and say, "Well, you go, girl. You're empowered to basically sell your body. Therefore, you're not being exploited." Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Certainly not from the perspective of the person that's doing the exploiting. You know, he doesn't really necess- he doesn't care about the what words we're using to describe it or the attitude of the person. You know, yes. it's you know exploitation is exploitation. It's exploitation. Right? It yeah. doesn't, and whether you feel like you're being exploited, exploited or not, rather, right. um, it doesn't necessarily frame it that way. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because sometimes people can be in a situation where they're so deceived that they don't even realize it. Take a uh, someone uh, who's in a you know domestic violence situation or a domestic you know, abuse situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Often what you find, mm-hmm. right, for people, anybody who works in that, that work, and we did, got connected to that a little bit when we were at National Fatherhood Initiative, mm-hmm. often in those situations, a woman would be in that situation mm-hmm. and people were trying to get her out mm-hmm. and she would be rejecting the fact that she was in an abusive situation. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. she, quote, didn't define it as ab- abuse because mm-hmm. she was so deceived. Maybe even defined it as love. Even defined it as love. He loves me. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the abuser, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. always says that, right, yeah, in, sure. in that context. Yeah. So you can't necessarily, you know, you know, define it based on what a person 
a perspective that a person has because sometimes a person's perspective can be jaded by mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. right Absolutely. by by the experience of what they're going through or that they've living what that they're living in mm-hmm. and that's why there's a truth separate and distinct from what we may believe right right so god created us uh, with with a a sexuality mm-hmm. that he said was a good thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was not to be used in an exploitive kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, to entice others right. or to be exploited personally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm right. saying? Sure, so sure. there's a framework of how we were designed. Mm-hmm. And when God created sex and created Adam and Eve and said it is good and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the sex act, it was good and our sexuality, it is good in that context. Um, it, it was not, you know, it was not from the perspective of, of exploitation. Right. It was, it was a gift sure. from God in, in that way. Yeah, sure. So. You know, I, I think that this is really, really problematic. And I think in a lot of ways, I mean, what it communicates about sex and how that's being commoditized for these young mm-hmm. girls mm-hmm. In, in many cases and certainly young women, how they're thinking about sex. Don't think that that's not going to affect how you move into, you know, relationships, into mm-hmm. marriage, mm-hmm. you know, the expectation. Um, the damage that's done the there. The damage yeah. that's done there in, in terms of that. And certainly it, it is to get upstream. It, it also in a lot of ways probably kind of reflects, you know, somewhat of a, a breakdown of the family and God's design for the family mm. uh, that, you know, a young woman would think, yeah, this is a good thing for me to do with my body, right. so to speak. And, yeah, and, yeah, and we just know from, our, again, our work at National Fatherhood Initiative that, you know, when girls grow up, you know, absent their, their, their father, they're more likely to engage in risky sexual activity and all these other, all these other factors that we know are at play there when, when fathers aren't present and, you know, fulfilling the role that they're intended to, to fulfill. And that kind of leaves a void, and it plays out differently with with sons than it does with daughters. And with sons, it tends to be you know violent behavior or you know failing in education and right. things like that. But with 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 daughters, it tends to play out in these these kinds of things where they're kind of seeking approval and seeking attention. And 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 of course, you know, it's not always the case, but the, certainly the the risk is significantly increased when there's a when the the, the father is absent. And, you know, and just kind of bringing this back to, to, to CareNet's issue of, you know, protecting the unborn, um, certainly we know that, you know, the pornography industry and sex trafficking industries are, um, you know, they're really sustained in a lot of ways by the availability of abortion. Yeah. You know, that's how these, to use the word sex workers, right? That's how the women who are unfortunately involved in these things, that's how they're kept in yeah. in that. That's how the, they're, the, the men, unfortunately, who are exploiting them and employing them. That's how they yeah. keep them earning money. Yep, because they, know, they get pregnant, get an abortion, you're and then you're back on the streets, yeah, right? Absolutely, because it's a it, it it's a business, it's a commodity, that kind of thing. I yeah. you know I don't want my quote product off the shelf. Yeah, right. And, and and abortion enables you to get your product right right back on the shelf very quickly. Yes, and very yeah. inexpensively in a relative sense to yes. what. So there's what horror. I mean, there are horror stories that come out yeah. of the porn industry and the in the sex trafficking industry of the abortions that women are forced to. To go through, like you said, just to so that they can continue working. Yeah. Right. So whether or not you're <laughs> you're kind of saying that, well, this is work and, imp- and I'm empowered because I'm doing this work. I mean, it's, you know, calling it that doesn't change the nature of the, the ugly yeah. kind of nature of I, what it is. I agree. You know, even if it never necessarily reaches that extreme. Right. Maybe some of these these girls that uh, that that went to this boy's high school, you know, maybe they just they're just doing this as a little. What do they call it these days? A side hustle, yeah, just to earn some extra cash. <laughs> um, but you know, it's that sort of you know risky behavior that certainly can you know lead to things like unplanned pregnancies and 
yeah. you know, other other issues that then have to be dealt with, you know, in other ways. And, and it just, you know, it be, it gets messy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we certainly see a lot of that in terms of what we do. So, yeah. you know, lots to pray about, um, yeah. particularly for, the, for our young people mm-hmm. uh, and the worldview that creates uh, a culture where this kind of thing is happening. Yeah. You know, and it's I, such I, think, a, it's I such a stand high against rate. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is. Yeah. So prayers, prayers needed. All Amen. Right. Thank you, Roland. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.